Can I have everybody stand up? It's very good to see all y'all. We want to say hello to all our campuses. Say East County. East County. Say City Heights. San Isidro, San Marcos, Micro Sites, and all the people watching our online church. Let's give all those people out there a big hand. God bless y'all. Welcome. Lord, thank you for um, seeing a church stand and worship you. Thank you so much that you are worthy of all our praise, all our honor. And we just uh, praise you, Holy Spirit. We acknowledge your presence. We declare that you are speaking to us, moving in our midst, drawing us close to you. We thank you for your unending pursuit of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, why don't you give someone a, a hug or say hello to someone next to you that you do not know. Hello, 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 hello. If you are a visitor, my name is Miles. Um, a few announcements before we start. Um, I said I was going to share my testimony today, and I want to apologize to you that I am not going to share my testimony today. Um, I, 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 the reason being is I'm not ready, and uh, you know the reason I, I did not manage my time properly, and. Uh, the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to have more video and more images of the story, which includes our story. And so I had more research to do than I thought and did not get ready. So I just want to apologize to you, and we'll have it in the coming weeks. We'll let you know uh, either next Sunday I'll let you know, or if I get it done this Sunday, we'll send you some emails and social media out. So I apologize for that. Amen? Amen. I, I can't put it on God. I, you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, tonight we're going to have a leadership meeting um, after the 6 o'clock service. Um, God's been stirring my heart about our church and uh, the need for a next generation of leaders. I have no uh, eminent plan to retire, but the reality is it's going to happen at some point. And all the people are, who are in, on staff now and in leadership are going to leave at some point. And there is a whole other generation of people that God has touched your heart. Um, so we're going to have a meeting tonight. And I think uh, my main goal is to give some young people, and by the way, young is it's whatever age, um, feel God calling them. We need small uh, our group leaders. Uh, we need people to teach class, preach, you know, be pastors eventually, and, and, and do all the things that are necessary for this to happen. And God's just stirring my heart that let's go, let's raise up a whole nother generation. So we're going to have a meeting tonight and we'll see what happens. And, I, and if God is touching you and if you're sitting there going, well, I don't want to come back, you're not called. <laughs> Simple as that. I mean, if, you, if, if you're serious about it, you will drive and come to whatever, whatever campus you got to come to and say, God's touching my heart and God will fulfill. You need to do your part. Amen. Um, we are starting a Spanish uh, service. Um, on May 6th, I'm going to preach a sermon in Spanish, and, and it'll be as good as it's going to be. Uh, amen. 
what I mean by, well, well, you'll see. We'll just say, you know, you'll be like, eh, what? So, uh, but uh, I'm excited about it. But on that day, we are going to start a Spanish service in the, on, on our East County campus, which will eventually be on every campus. And here's how the service is going to go. A lot of churches will have a, uh, a Hispanic pastor have a church on their campus. That's not what we're going to do. I'm going to be preaching uh, at the Spanish service. They'll get this video, and then an interpreter is going to be speaking through my mouth as they listen. All the music will be in Spanish, all the bulletins, the life class, small groups, everything will be in Spanish for that service. And so it'll be a rock church service in Spanish. It won't be a Spanish church in our church. And so we're going to start that on May 6th. This Friday, we are going to have a vision casting meeting for anybody who wants to be involved in that, in, that, in that ministry. By the way, if you say, I don't know how to speak Spanish, which I still don't, I'm still learning, and you want to learn, this is a great opportunity for you to come into an environment and learn. So we're going to have a meeting, a vision casting meeting this Friday at 6 o'clock at the East County campus, dinner from 6 to 7, and then we're going to have a meeting at 7. I'm going to be sharing the vision, and it'll be all in Spanish this Friday. Um, if you want to come and be part of that or just check it out, 7 o'clock this Friday at the East County campus. Um, amen? Amen. amen. That was it. Did I pray for us already? Let me pray again. Lord, thank you for being good to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's get your Bibles out. Let's get your Bibles out. Come on, church. Let's go, church. On the count of three, let's see your Bibles. One, two, three, say word. One more time, say word. Turn to Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter 3. Um, I got saved in 1984. In 1986, I was a youth pastor, became a youth pastor. And my first month of full-time ministry, I went to Philadelphia to speak at a camp. And when I got there, I saw in the newspaper the devil was having a swap meet flea market at the veteran stadium where the Philadelphia Eagles used to play. They have a new stadium now. And I decided to go. So I went to the, to the stadium. There was traffic from New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, going to this swap meet where the devil was giving away all this stuff to destroy people's lives. And all these demons were standing behind these tables giving drugs, pornography, guns, all this, these different ways uh, to sin. And so I'm walking around and people are taking this stuff. It's all for free, putting it in their trucks, putting it in their cars. And in the middle of the parking lot was the stadium. And on top of the stadium was the devil and every door of the stadium said, no admittance, Satan only. It was locked. So I said, Satan, what are you doing? He said, oh, Miles, I'm destroying all those people's lives. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, all the stuff that I'm giving them is designed to destroy their life. It's going to uh, cause them to be addicted to drugs, pornography, cheat on their wife, kill people, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I said, well, what's in the stadium? Why does it say no admittance, Satan only? He said, well, this is my number one weapon. It's in the stadium. I can't tell you what it is. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I can't make anybody sin. I can only deceive them and lead them to believe that sinning is the best option for them. And I do it by my number one weapon. I said, so you're telling me that every time we sin, we make a conscious decision to disobey God. And every time we make a conscious decision to disobey God, you successfully use your number one weapon against us. He said, that's right. I said, so, so well, what is it? He said, well, if I tell you, you're going to be able to beat me at my own game. So I'm not going to tell you what it is. So here's the deal. Every day, even right now and before you leave this building and all the campuses, wherever you're at, 
the devil is going to use multiple times, constantly, his number one weapon against you and get you to do something opposite, contrary to what God wants you to do. The devil will even tell you this is going to destroy your marriage. This is going to addict you to drugs. This is going to, to bring death to your relationships, to your job. You're going to lose your job. And he, can, he, will, he, can, he can even tell you that and then still get you to do what will destroy your life. That's how good his number one weapon is. So I said, to him, what is it? He said, well, I'm not going to tell you. So I said, well, I'm going to read the Bible because all truth is in the Bible. And if it's not explicitly in the Bible, it will be implicitly in the Bible that God will tell me. If you want wisdom, read the word of God and ask for wisdom and God will give you wisdom. This is me telling you this now. I'm not talking to the devil. I'm talking to you. If you want wisdom, <laughs> if you want wisdom, if you want wisdom, read the Bible. Say, God, give me wisdom. Every day you should ask God, God, give me wisdom, understanding. So I started reading the Bible from Genesis 1, Genesis, I got to Genesis 3, got the answer in Genesis 3. So let's turn to Genesis 3. Here's the context. Genesis 1 and 2, God creates the heavens and the earth. He creates the birds, the bees, and the animals and all stuff. Then he makes man, and then he makes woe man, and he tells man, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. That's all you got to do. Just don't eat from that tree. And if you eat from that tree, you're going to die. That's the context. So you have a man. The Bible said they were both naked and not ashamed. They were, co- they, they, they were naked physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and they were not ashamed. And God told the man and woman, be fruitful and multiply. Just stay away from that tree or you'll die. That's the context. Are y'all following me? Say yes or no. Very good. So that's the context. In that context, here is the devil's number one weapon. And let me tell you this. If the devil can deceive Adam and Eve, he can deceive you and me. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, the serpent was more cunning, the devil was more cunning, the devil was more intelligent, the devil was more deceitful than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. You have to believe in your heart that the devil is smarter than you. You have to believe in your heart that the devil is smarter than you. Now, he's not smarter than Jesus, but he's smarter than you. He can look you in your eye. He disguised himself like an angel of light, like that girl in that little skirt or that dude in that little tight shirt. And you go, oh my gosh, it is an angel personified when it is Satan himself <laughs> or herself. <laughs> and they will look you in your eye and tell you exactly what you want to hear and, to, and entice you to do exactly against what God wants. And you will believe in your heart it's the right thing. He is that smart. His name is liar, his name is deceiver, his name is murderer, his name is destroyer. That is his name, and his names come from his character, and his character will tell you what he does. There was no truth in him. And he says, he says to the woman, yo, girl, what's your name? (laughs) Ladies, have you ever heard that before? (laughs) How many of you ladies in here have met the devil before? Say amen. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, okay. Hey, girl, what's your name, girl? (laughs) How you doing? How you doing? (laughs) And here's what he says. Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Uh, What did God really say? First thing the devil does is try to bring doubt into God's word. If you do not read this Bible, how are you going to know how to answer that question? You won't. Remember the devil's smarter than you. He can twist this around so good. That's why there's 8 jillion denominations and some of them are cults. Because he's so smart. He can get you to twist this to, to justify whatever you want to do. I could have 50, 50 wives. You could twist this any way you want. So if you don't read this, study this, talk about it, hear about it, that's why we have our groups, that's why we have life class. How are you gonna, you're not going to learn it by yourself. 
You have to learn in conversation and, and, and in fellowship and accountability relationships and in real life situations. That's the only way you're going to learn it. It's just not going to happen. And the devil's going to deceive you and destroy your life. And how are you going to know there's going to be death in your life? Let's keep going. But he says, what did God say? And by the way, why was Eve alone? Fellas, if you had a wife, a woman, and she was naked and you were in the woods and God told you to make babies. <laughs> I mean, this is not complicated stuff. This is real simple. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a dude, made a dirt. I'm a dirt bag. But that ain't complicated. <laughs> uh, if you're trying to walk with God and you don't have Christians in your life, you might as well be by yourself. That's when the devil's going to come and get you. He says, what did God say? He says to the woman. The woman says, verse 2, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat nor shall you touch lest you die. <sighs> So I'm going to give Eve an A minus on Bible memory because God didn't say anything about touching it, but I'm just going to dock her five points for that. But I'm going to fail her in basic Christianity. Why? Because she spoke with the devil. Well, my wife and I, before we were saved, we would go to the club. And if I would go to the bathroom and come back and there was dudes talking to her, multiple I was that crazy guy that would want to fight all of them. <laughs> no, for real. I'd be yelling at them in the club like three, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Or I would come and sit like this and like just eyeball them like this, like all, I was that guy, right? Thank God none of them wanted to fight. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I had my guys with me, but they, yeah, it was just, there's no, there's no win situation. But, but the reason being is because I knew none of those guys were telling her what great guy I was. <laughs> Can I get amen, fellas? They weren't there saying, hey, man, he's a good dude, da, 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 da. They were trying to get their game on with her. When you talk with the devil, he has one goal, destroy your relationship with God. He'll tell you, oh, ain't nobody going to know. He need to be treated you better than that. You need to go out with somebody else. You don't need to pay all your taxes. <laughs> change that number. Ain't nobody going to know. I'll go ahead and watch that pornography. She sleep. Or he sleep. Nobody's going to know. He is so smart. So smart. And the minute you start questioning this, you are having a conversation. The devil's not going to show up in your bed in your room at night with horns going, ah, I'm the devil. Let me destroy your life. That's not going to happen. The devil's going to show up in your room going, hey, what's up, girl? How you doing? I'm, I'm going to rock your world. <laughs> as long as they are anything or anybody is deceiving you away from this, that's how the devil works. He is very slick extremely that's why you need to pray I met him at church and I met him at the rock and we would go to small group and they cheated on me and broke my heart just because you met him here don't mean he's from God this is evangelistic church we got a whole bunch of devils in here don't you see people getting saved every week and all kind of stuff this, this, this is why we, I'm not saying people are getting saved or devils but people who don't walk with God that's what this is for you need to be hearing God. You need to be praying. You need to have people in your life who could speak into your life and say, no, you need to be doing that. 
Don't be just blindly saying, oh, someone tells you I love God. <laughs> Watch their life. I always tell you ladies, if you're going to date a guy, just ask the dude to pray for you. In public, with his eyes open, looking at you in the face, in the middle of the mall. Pray for me right now. <laughs> Speak Jesus into my life right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Praise him right now. And if that brother can't talk, just back on up, back on up. So you can put this on hold, homie. <laughs> you need to go to life class. <laughs> you think I'm lying? Because guess, what, guess, what, guess what's going to happen when it hits the fan? Because it will. You ain't going to get God. You need to know this book. Here's the number one weapon. What did God really say? Verse 4. It's a twofold lie. If you write anything down for the rest of your life, please write this down. Because this is what you deal with every single day of every single year of your life, every single minute of your life, you deal with this lie. It is a twofold lie. Number one, you can sin and not pay the consequence. Verse four, the serpent said, Woman, you will not die. God lied to you. Sin does not have consequence. Think about it. When you lie, you don't think you're going to get caught. Because you did. You're just double stupid. If you watch pornography, you don't think it's going to, you think it's going to enhance your life. When you do drugs, you think it's going to enhance your life, at least momentarily. You believe, I can get away with it. Uh, the consequences aren't going to be as bad as the benefits. He says, you will not die. And then it says in verse 6, verse 5, for God knows in the day you eat, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Not only will you not die, but you can be like God and decide right and wrong for yourself on your own. Listen to the media. All day long. You have rights. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you feel. It's all about what you feel and what you want. That's exactly what this is. You know why people are in jail? Because they did what they wanted to do when they wanted to do it. Yes. You know why people in jail? Because they did what they wanted to do when they wanted to do it. People in heaven can't do what they wanted to do before they, when they wanted to do it. This is, this is before sin, by the way. The devil says you will not suffer consequence and you can be like God and you can do whatever you want to do. Now, are you not supposed to know good and evil? You are supposed to discern good and evil by the leading of the Holy Spirit, and you are supposed to obey God. I was in Mexico with a group of kids a long time ago when I was a youth pastor, and, and I was standing out front of a church. We had brought clothes and food and, and shoes down there, and this little girl comes up and says, yo, yo, yo uh, quiero zapatos. She wanted some shoes. And I said, I don't have any shoes. Oh, I had a bag of shoes, and God told me, don't give her any shoes, no zapatos. I was like, God, you speak Spanish? <laughs> He said, be quiet. Uh, <laughs> he said, don't give that girl any shoes. Little girl, five years old, little pigtails. It was rainy, cold. She had no shoes on, a little skirt, dirt in her face. And she's walking around. And I was like, oh, uh, I can't give you any shoes. So I said, okay. So she walked away, walked away, and she went away. And, and um, the pastor came out. And, and then one of my, one of my uh, kids in the youth group gave her some shoes, and walked, she walked down the hill. And I was like, thinking to myself, what was the big deal? The pastor came out and said, that girl comes back, don't give her any shoes. I said, why not? He said, because it's a scam. She, she has shoes. She just takes them off, comes down here, gets the shoes, then she goes down the hill and sells the shoes. It's not my job to know that. You know what my job is? God, what do you want me to do? That's right. 
When we start thinking, well, I'm going to make the decision without the leading of the Holy Spirit or without the guidance of the Word of God, that's what the devil wants. The devil wants you and him to make decisions when you think it's really just you. But really, he's, you're the, he's the puppet master behind you telling you what you can and cannot do, what you won't and won't suffer from, and how you cannot get caught. That's the devil's number one weapon. And when you start operating on your own thinking, well, I'm going to decide this, and I'm going to do this, and I, 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 God says, uh, you're on your own. Think about what you're tempted with right now. Relationships, drugs, alcohol, language, gossip, business deals. Just think about the stuff you're doing right now and ask yourself, is God leading me to do this? Am I doing this out of obedience to God? Am I doing this to glorify God? Or is this all about me? Now you may say, well, why can't I do something for myself? Everything you do according to God's promises and God's word is, all, is for his benefit and your benefit. You can't benefit yourself more than God can benefit you. That's the thing. You have to believe that everything in your life that you do according to the will of God is going to be better if you do it according to his will than your will. Are there things you want to do that he doesn't want you to do? Absolutely. Are those things better for you not to do them? Absolutely. Your flesh has gotten, you have been deceived to think this is better for me when it's not. That's, this is the crux of a destructive, self-destructive life versus a blessed life. Is that you have to come to believe that what God says to you is always better for you than what the devil says for you. Every time. So he says, you don't have to die. So look what it says in verse six, verse 6. It says, the woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise or give her an experience that she thought was being withheld from her. In this case, wisdom is give her experience that she thought was being withheld from her. You may see your friends apparently enjoying certain behavior that you think you're missing out on. And they tell you the fun part of it. And then you think you're missing out on them and you think you want to do that so you can be wise or have that experience. Come to find out it's not what they said. And especially if you're getting that message from social media. Please don't believe that. Oh, I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. Snap, snap, I'm having a good time. It's only a minute. Snap, it's only 30 seconds. Hey, I'm having a good time. I ain't going to tell you the drama part. <laughs> yeah! Drinking tequilas this big. Oh, they ain't telling you about the throw up part. They ain't telling you about waking up with two people they don't even know. They ain't telling you about the disease they got from that. They ain't telling you that part. It says, she gave to her husband and he ate and the eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked and sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. How did they not know they were naked before that? There's a, there's a science called biophotonics, biobiology, living things, photonics, photon, photon is the smallest unit of light, photography, the study of light. Biophotonics is the study of light coming out of living things. When you see a baby, a baby's skin is so fresh and bright and glowing because the baby is, the baby is new and the baby has a, a, a more light coming out of its body than an old person. The older you get, the more dusty you look. <laughs> That's why they sell mascara. <laughs> Try to cover the scariness. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. It's just scary when some people put it on. I'm just saying. But, but, you know, all that stuff is supposed to bring the glow back. When you see a woman who's in love, she glows. When you see a woman, she's pregnant, she glows. At a wedding, she glows. She's happy. There's life. There's light. 
coming out. Dudes are dusty because we're made of dirt. <laughs> they don't even try to make mascara for us. And when someone dies, there's no light. It's dust. Before Adam and Eve sinned, the theory is, before Adam and Eve sinned, the light coming out of them, biophotonics, they, they're measuring the health of fruits and vegetables by the light that's coming out of it. The theory is, or the thought, the belief is that Adam and Eve, before they sinned, the light was so bright, you couldn't see their nakedness. And then when they sinned, the light was muted, and they saw their body. When you sin, your light is muted. Your testimony is compromised. When you're out there cursing and then you say, hey, I go to the rock, they're like, there's a, there's a disconnect. Hey, I love Jesus. Well, I just heard you. There's a disconnect. So as soon as they ate, the light was muted. And it said they saw they were naked and they, and they sewed fig leaves. <laughs> what is fig leaves? They, they tried to cover their sin. You can't cover your sin with your effort. You have to cover your sin by the blood of Jesus Christ. It said they heard the sound of the Lord God. Walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees. On, on the count of three, say yes or no. Can you hide your thoughts from God? One, two, three. Can you hide the intentions of your heart from God? One, two, three. Can you hide anything you do from God? One, two, three. So why do you try every day? I have three kids, 31, 30, 29. My wife was in labor 12 hours with our oldest child, 24 hours with our second child, 49 hours with our third child. My son was 49 hours. His head was stuck for five hours. He was in there, oh, get me out of here. I was like, son, son, he'll be okay. The average baby, one-third of their weight is their head. If they weigh six pounds, two pounds a head, give or take. My son's head was like 49% of his weight. Give or take. I'm just guessing. Just, this is just an estimation. And when he would walk around, his forehead would rub to the carpet like that. Brother had a rock. So when he grew up, it took him like, you know, maybe 20 years to grow into it. So he was kind of an abnormally large cranium. Nat Geo called us. They wanted to do some articles on him. So one day he's running around the house with his sister. And they're running around, running around, like five years old, whatever. And I'm like, y'all better be careful. No, we we playing, we playing, we playing. And he got my little daughter and then my, this sledgehammer kind of running around in the same vicinity. Next thing you know, bam, my daughter's on the floor. Her mouth is bleeding, and my son got all the slob on his forehead. He's <laughs> talking about, I got a hard head, Dad. I got a hard head. <laughs> so anyway, we play hide-and-seek. Hide-and-seek, we modified. I modified for my kids from when I was growing up. Hide-and-seek, you, you know, you, you, the pole is the base, and you got to hide and go get back before someone tags you. And, you know, that was cool. We changed it. In my house, hide-and-seek was, you go hide, we turn all the lights off in the house. And this is one of like two, three, four, five. We wanted, I wanted to toughen them up. And then what happened was when you hide, you got to come find them or whoever's fine, whoever. And the person who's hiding scares the person who's looking for them. <laughs> so, I, my, my, you know, we played. I was like, I'm going to hide. I'm going to scare you. And you're going to cry. No, no. You're going to cry. Stop. Just find me and then I'm going to scare you. So my kids will come to me and say, my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's play hide and seek. And I'm like, brother. Where you gonna hide that head? <laughs> you gonna be behind the suburban or the garage? Just don't let you play. I mean, that's about it. All right, go ahead. You hide, I'll count. 
And when you count in hide and seek, you have to count like a child. You can't count like an adult. You can't go one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten. You have to go one. You can't even pronounce stuff right. You have to go two, three, four, one. I can hear my son walk through the house because his head is banging on the hallway. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> then he goes to the doorway. Through the doorway. Brother man hides behind a little plant like this. A little skinny, one-inch diameter plant. He got four, headed, four feet of skull and four feet of skull. His sister is hiding behind his head. It's like, wherever you go, I got a spot. So I'm walking through the house going, where's Miles? Where's Miles? And I can hear him. He got his hands over his eyes going, he can't see us. <laughs> he can't see us. His head is out, literally out the door, down the hall. And because the skin on his head is so far from his central nervous system, there's no feeling out here. It's actually leaning on my leg. And he's behind the thing going, he can't see us. And his, my, my daughter's behind his head. She's dancing around because she got this big, gigantic globe in front of him, her. And she's dancing around. And he's got his hands over his eyes going, he can't see us. And he thinks because he can't see me, I can't see him. He thinks because he can't see me, I can't see him. Because little kids can't think abstractly. When you play peekaboo with a little kid, you're not funny. <laughs> I know you think you discovered something. Ain't nothing new about that. When you hide because they can't see you, they think you're gone. That's why when mommy leaves the house, mommy's gone. She ain't coming back. She don't exist. I don't know. That's why they freak out. You're like, I'm only going to the store. Well, to them, you're gone. You and I know there's a God that exists that we can't see. But so often, because you can't see him, you forget that he sees everything you do. He hears everything you say. He hears everything you think. So here's Adam and Eve trying to hide from God. You can't hide from God, fool. <laughs> everything he knows. Look what it says next. The Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? When I was a youth pastor, I was a high school pastor. And we had this little redhead kid named Danny. He was like 11, 12. He was white. Well, actually, he was clear. <laughs> you can see his veins. It's translucent. He loved God. He was 12 hanging out with high school kids, preaching, going to Mexico. I got a picture of all the teenagers and Danny in the middle of his Bible, 12 years old. Danny got to high school, got involved in the Mexican gang, which is a whole nother, what? <laughs> Lost touch. I'm in juvenile hall talking to about these 30 kids, and I'm describing Danny to them. And they all stop me. Say, hold on, hold on. He's down the hall. He was literally down the hall. You couldn't make this up. He walks down in, sits right in front row. Broke my heart. I said, Danny, you remember going to church? Yeah. Remember going to Bible study? Yeah. Remember going to Mexico, feeding the kids, playing with the orphans? Yeah. I said, Danny, are you better off now or were you better off when you were following God? And Danny, if you say you're better off now, 
I will never talk about this Bible ever again in my life. Well, obviously, you know what he said. God said, where are you? God wasn't asking Adam, are you behind that rock or behind that rock or behind that rock? He said, no, no, I know where you're at, but where you at? In other words, you did what I told you not to do, so are you happy? You got your extra money by lying, are you happy? You cheated on your wife, are you happy? You just go down the list. That's what he's asking you. Because God knows that you can never, ever be as fulfilled with what the devil gives you, what you get yourself, than what he can give you, period. So the Bible says, verse 10, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded that you should not? Uh, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that the penalty is death. He's saying, Adam, the only reason you're hiding from me, the only reason you see your nakedness is because you sinned. You had to. That was the only, that's the only thing. He said, who told you that you were naked? She said, he said, it's the woman's fault. All the fellows say amen. amen. Stop blaming the ladies for everything. <laughs> the woman said, the devil made me do it. <laughs> you know what God said? Uh, these are my words. Be quiet. You are going to pay for your own sin. Can't blame the woman. Can't blame the man. Can't blame your parents. Can't blame your neighborhood. It's on you because I've given you every opportunity that you need to obey me. Every single one of y'all are going to be held accountable for your life and your life only. The Bible says all of us have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God and the penalty of sin is death. And the Bible says that Jesus died for every single one of you and he's given you and has given you an opportunity to ask him to forgive you of your sin. He's given you an opportunity to be forgiven and to come live in your heart and change your life. It is 100% up to you to say yes or no to that. And the minute you're going to have an opportunity. So some of you are going to say, I need Jesus in my life. I, I really need to stop doing it my way. I really need to stop being suckered by the devil to think I can get away with doing what I want. When I see death in my life, death of relationships, health, opportunities, my finances, my dreams, my passion, my time. My life is just being eaten away year after year after year with no progress. Why? Death. And you're tired of it. You say, I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm tired of it. Or, and I should say, some of y'all have prayed a prayer, but you still got God in your little box that you made God in your image, that God is serving you. You're not serving him. And you need to serve him. So right now I'm going to ask all of you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to listen to all the campuses. Bow your heads and close your eyes. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that the penalty of sin is death. The Bible says that while we were sinners, Jesus died for our sin and rose from the dead. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised, from, raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. If you would like to surrender your life and stop being suckered by the devil... I just want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I believe you love me. I believe the devil has a plan for my life. 
I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead. I believe the devil has been deceiving me. And I'm tired of it. Jesus, I give my life to you. Satan, I rebuke you out of my life. I am not going to be suckered by you anymore. If you prayed that prayer in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand up. If you, by standing, you are acknowledging your surrender to Jesus. If you came with somebody you want them to stand with you to encourage you, just squeeze their hand and let them know you would like them to encourage you. So on all the campuses, if you prayed that prayer and you're asking Jesus or surrendering your life to Jesus, you acknowledge the devil's weapon in your life, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand up and the person you've asked to stand with you. One, 